Today with Catherine Ruinala. We had a wonderful time on Friday night um, having our miracle meeting. And I love seeing what the Lord does. Online, I got home and I was watching to see testimonies of people saying, I had numbness in my fingers, it's all gone. I had uh, different issues, they're all healed. And so praise God, He's healing online, but He was healing in the building too. We have been seeing God do some outstanding things. I'd love just to take some 30 to 60 second testimonies of what the Lord did. If He did a miracle or a healing, in your body. So come quickly. Don't be shy. Come and give God glory. Tell us what happened. All right. So essentially, I'll say about three years ago, I really hurt my right knee doing um, running. And then Pastor Catherine basically told everyone just to put their hand on a body part that they need prayer for. So I put my, I put my hand on my knee because it was irritating me at the time. And then I started getting this really warm, radiating heat coming from my knee. And then Pastor Catherine snaps and says, Somebody, somebody's knee is just healed. And then I, I just feel that radiating heat and I just like try and squat in. And yeah, absolutely no pain whatsoever at all. And yeah, it was just God, works, uh, God working his miracles. So yeah, praise the Lord. Wonderful. Praise God. Hey, come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is cool. Hi, guys. Well, this actually isn't my testimony. It's, it belongs to a lady called Jill. I cannot see. <laughs> Jill, Jill. Yes, she decided after I spoke to you, Catherine, that she will give the testimony herself. So six weeks ago, I pretty much tore my Achilles and stuffed up my ankle. And I was in a Moombu for six weeks. Friday, before the service, I went to my physio and he's like, because of the injury, you got another four to six weeks in this boot. And I'm like, whatever. I remember leaving and I was so mad, but then I'm like, okay. I was laying in my bed and I'm like, okay, but God... And I knew the meeting was on, and I was just like, okay, okay. In worship, the pain was intense, and I was like, nah. But as I sat there, when people were coming up to be prayed, I didn't come up the front, but I sat there, and I felt this heat go through my body, like through my leg. And I went home and took off the moon boot. The swelling had gone. I was like, okay, but I couldn't put any weight on my foot still. Saturday morning, I woke up. I put my leg on the ground, and I felt my ankle go back in. And I put more weight in my foot. Today, I went on a 10-minute walk without the boot. And I'm just like, okay. So, yeah. Praise the Lord. Come and tell us. That's cool. I love hearing what the Lord has done. Come and tell us what happened. Hi. Hi, I'm Tracy. Um, before I came on Friday, I felt that God was wanting to heal me from my fatigue. Um, I've been struggling with fatigue since I had my um, brain surgery four years ago. And so I um, came and um, when Pastor Catherine called out for people with brain in uh, head, head injuries, I went forward. And um, I feel like I've been healed from this. Like, um, But as I was laying in bed on Friday night, I was so excited I couldn't sleep. Um, <laughs> and so it's been an ongoing thing for most of my life. So watch out, I'm awake now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love to hear the testimonies of what the Lord's done. Celebrating the deaf ears that are opened and the uh, people being healed. Just glorious. 
God is a living God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we just celebrate. Uh, many more people have been sharing with me their testimonies. We do love to hear it. Do encourage you to go and get your tests from your doctors. We love to hear the doctor's reports of people who've been healed. Just so exciting. So let's give him glory. Father, we say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Amen. Well, we have been looking at the fourfold atonement. Now, before you get all concerned, is this all theological? Atonement is simply what happened for us when Jesus died and rose again in our place. And we read about the atonement in Isaiah 53. Who can, who's going to yell out the scripture that I'm about to share? surely he has borne our diseases Uh, we considered him afflicted and um, afflicted of God but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. That's why I call it a fourfold atonement. He was wounded for our transgressions. In modern English, or if you look that up in the Hebrew, transgression simply means sin. Everything we've done wrong. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. But uh, Jesus went and He died. He took death. He took punishment for all of us. He paid the wages of sin for us. He paid the price, the penalty for sin, so that we wouldn't have to. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We who are forgiven as we receive the gift of forgiveness. He blots our transgressions out. The Bible says he will remember them no more. We can have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. What's he like? He is holy and pure and blameless and righteous. And that's what he says about you. Even if your heart condemns you, he is greater than your heart, the scripture tells us, which means even if you don't feel it, if you believe you have been forgiven as you've repented of your sin and received mercy, God has forgiven you. You are no longer guilty. You don't have to live with guilt and shame anymore. You are free from sin. Hallelujah. He was bruised. For our iniquities. Now that word iniquities in Hebrew is a different word to transgression. It means perversity or crookedness. Everything about you that you didn't like. Everything about you that was crooked or perverse. All selfishness, laziness, greed. Everything about you that was crooked. He 
took on himself and he says that he makes you a new creation in Christ. He promised he would give you a new heart, that he would give you his spirit, that it would no longer be you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is more exciting than you're reacting. I know you've got masks on, but you can make some noise. Like this is worship worthy. Hallelujah. Side note, I was just worshiping today and I put on um, that beautiful song, The Blessing from Numbers chapter 6 and just thinking about God's love for me just made me want to worship him. And as I just began to talk to him, just began to be really honest with him, repented for having a bad attitude about this or that and just talk to the Father. Oh, the intimacy that comes when you just talk to him. As I began to tell him, Father, I love you. You are so good. Provoked, thinking about his love for me, provoked me just to tell him how much I love him. And we have that opportunity now because of the reconciliation we have through Jesus to boldly approach the throne of grace, to be able to talk to the Father, to tell him that we love him, to experience his love for us, his kindness, his affirmation. And we can talk to him about everything and we can have intimate relationship with him because he has taken away everything about us that was crooked. So he is light. Light can have no fellowship with darkness. But he took all the darkness out of you. He didn't just forgive the things you've done. He took away your sinful nature and gave you a new nature, the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. What an amazing, amazing blessing. That means we can have fellowship with God. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So that, And the joy that he had in his heart about doing it was so that you and I could have forever, eternal relationship, real relationship. That's not just head knowledge, but it's you alone, secretly talking to the Father personally. What a privilege. And to be able to hear his voice. Let him enjoy the joy of your salvation by letting him hear your voice every day. He loves to hear your voice. Relationship really is is dependent on communication. So talk to him. Let him be your first love, the one you talk to every day because he loves to hear your voice. You don't have to be religious. You just be honest. Honestly talk to him in faith, believing that he, he will receive you. He will hear you, that you can approach him and he will be pleased with you because faith in approaching him through the shed blood of Jesus is pleasing to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Where are we up to? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now that word peace in Hebrew, who can tell me what it is in Hebrew? That word peace? Shalom. And if you look up what that word shalom means, it actually means wellness, wholeness, prosperity in every area of your life. Peace, prosperity, blessing and favor is what it means. That's awesome. That's yours if you will take it by faith. He suffered and died so that you could have wholeness, wellness in every area of your life. 
It doesn't mean that you don't come under attack, but praise the Lord. Though in this world we have trouble, take heart because he has overcome the world. He did it on the cross when he died and rose again. And because he did that, you now are partakers, conquerors with him. Hallelujah. And you don't have to come under the enemy's attacks or intimidations, but you can take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and say, I have been given wholeness, wellness, blessing, favor in every area of my life. So Satan, get your hands off me because I now belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. Just as the blood was over the doorposts on the day of Passover and the uh, the angel of death had to pass over and not touch those who had the blood covering their doorposts, that was a, a foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus that's over the lives of those who've received Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. And when the angel of death comes, when sickness comes, when attack comes, you can plead the blood of Jesus and say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I am under the blood of Jesus and that thing has no place here and no authority here in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And by his stripes, that is his beatings, the whipping, the beating, the things he suffered. He took sickness, pain, suffering on himself so that we could be healed. Hallelujah. Glorious gift of God. So that's just a little review. But let's look now at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Chapter 5, verse 14. Let's start there. This is a great passage. I'm going to read it today in the New Living Translation, just a bit clearer here for some people. It says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Turn to your neighbor and say, Christ's love controls me. Praise God. Christ's love controls us. That means we have come under his authority and his power. We have become one with him, joined with him, and now his love compels us, controls us. We operate in the glorious fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control, that is um, uh, subject to the law of love. Hallelujah. So all of our thinking, all of our actions now, we remind ourselves we are subject to the law of God's love now. Hallelujah. The love of God controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, They will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. 
For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. What a powerful passage. What a clear message of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. I look at that and I get so excited. It's so clear. Our old lives are hidden with God in Christ. Every day we can get up and remind ourselves, Lord, today I remind myself, I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. I remind myself that my life is no longer my own. I don't live for myself today. Lord, you and I are one. 30 years ago and just a couple of months, a few months now, uh, Tom and I got married. Hallelujah, my daughter Jessica is going to get married in December. And I love marriage. I saw um, Scott and Leanne's wedding photo this week come up in my feed because I had the privilege of marrying them six years ago today. Happy anniversary, Scott and Leanne. And the beautiful thing about marriage is that the two, two separate people become one flesh. They become one new family. I changed my name on the day I got married. I was no longer, the name was a representation that I was becoming one with my husband. I was no longer Catherine Hounslow. I became Catherine Ruanala. I took my husband's name because we became one. And the Bible says this is a mystery, but it's a mystery that speaks of Christ and his bride. We become one. And so now, um, I, don't, I don't just decide to, you know, take off for several weeks without talking to my husband. And it's not because he controls me. It's because I love him. I wouldn't just, like, make independent decisions like that that affect us both. We, we make decisions together because we're one. It's not about control. It's about love, right? Hallelujah. You're very quiet, but you need to make a little bit more noise to help me. In the same way, we have become, when we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, when we come to the place where we acknowledge, I can't pay for my sin. I have done some things wrong in my life. I need mercy. Everybody's sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when we recognize that and we go, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died and rose again, and I receive your gift of salvation, your gift of forgiveness. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. You become a new creation. His spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and you have eternal life, eternal relationship with him. And you become new. You become one with him. But your life now no longer belongs to you. It is given over to him, which means he doesn't come in as a big controller. You and he are now one. And in the same way a marriage works, our relationship with God works like this, that we acknowledge him now in all of our ways. Hallelujah. We think about him. And the Bible says 
here in verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are ambassadors of God, which means we represent him everywhere we go. Now, um, when Tom was about 31, I was in my late 20s, he um, was approached to become the honorary consul for Finland in, in, in Queensland. And he was the youngest consul ever appointed in Australia. And we got to that, we, and he still is, the honorary consul for Finland, serves the Finnish community and represents the Finnish government. There's the ambassador, is a, a Korea ambassador in, in Canberra, but people, Finns who need um, consular help come to Tom here in Queensland. And he's been knighted for his service. He's a very good consul. We love, he, he's wonderful. But um, we get to go to lots of functions and dinners with ambassadors and presidents and people and all the, all the dignitaries and all the politicians. We're sort of the VIP renter crowd. <laughs> and it's a privilege. But I remember when we first started, I remember being at a dinner and, you know, I'm just young and dumb. And... <laughs> But I thought I was really smart, you know. And, and so someone started a conversation about the euro. And I was, I suddenly had an opinion. I have an opinion about that. I know all about this, when that, blah, 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 blah. And I gave my opinion about why I thought this, 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 about why, uh, you know, I think it's not been a great thing that they exchanged the mark for the euro and blah, blah, blah. And Tom just sort of sat there. And after I'd finished spouting off, he just quietly leant over to me and said, um, that's not Finland's opinion. And I remembered, oh, I'm actually here to support my husband who's representing Finland. And it's not my place just to be spouting off my own opinion. I, I need to be representing and supporting their opinion. Turns out that after I had a bit of a conversation afterwards, I realised some of what I was thinking and believing was not actually even accurate. But I, you know, it's what happens when you read fake news. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but either way, whether I was right or wrong, it was not my place to be spouting off my own opinion. In the same way, we need to be very careful as we go through life to remember that we are ambassadors of Christ, which means whatever opinion you might want to spout off, is it the opinion of heaven? If it's not the opinion of heaven, it's not your place to give it. I look at some people's social media pages and I've got to tell you, they don't look like Christ's ambassadors. We need the world to see Jesus. We are living in such an amazing time, an amazing opportunity for us to be the light of the world, for the world to see Jesus, the hope of the nations, the desire of the nations. The Bible tells us in John 13, 35, who can tell me what that scripture says? John 13, 35. Does anyone know? Oh, very good. Who's, is that you, Travis? Well done. 
by this Barry, Pastor Barry, of course, Pastor Barry would know. <laughs> by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. By this, it's by the way you behave toward each other that the world will see, oh, they're like Christ. That's who Christ is. They must be Christians. They must be followers of Christ because they behave like him. They talk like him. They act like him. They love like him. God is love. Love is patient, kind, keeps no record of wrongs. It, it believes the best, always hopes, always believes. It rejoices in what's good. It abhors what is evil. It's known by its love. We can't afford, as this passage says, to have an opinion about ourselves or anybody else that doesn't line up with the opinion of heaven. What does God think about you? If you have repented of your sin, if you've asked for mercy and you've received the grace of God, then he calls you a saint. He calls you holy and righteous. You need to believe that about yourself because that's the opinion of heaven. And then the opinions you have about other people matter. I have no right to be judging someone else when I don't even know if they have repented before the Lord. They may have, they may have done that five minutes ago and I don't know. And God doesn't even remember their sins. So who am I to be occupying my mind with what is sinful and evil? 